everyone. Uh, if you haven't, I, I think we should remind you to uh, drink some water, take a, a nap maybe, get away from your screens, because we need to take care of ourselves and water is very important. I just want to say that I have eaten about half a pound of chocolate today and I have already had a, an ice cream sandwich. Just so we're all clear, whatever you have to do to keep yourself cared for in this time, even if it's not something you would proudly admit to your mother or your doctor, <laughs> please, please, please do you and take care of you. This you is the Reverend Terry Williams and Kelly Fox. We are faith organizers with the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice, and this is our soul. They don't have to know how much chocolate you eat. I know, like They but being the doctors or your parents, they don't, they don't need to know how much chocolate you're eating. I know, but my doctor asked me about all kinds of things, and I just have to tell him, if you can't tell it from the numbers, you don't need to hear it from me. That's just where we are. Um... Yeah, so COVID brain is a real thing. Yeah. Um, coronavirus is still here. Surprise! We're still yeah, in a yeah. pandemic, everybody. Yeah, I definitely think uh, I... It's not that I forgot. Not at all. Because, you know, how can one forget when they're staying at home every day and not going out and all those kinds of things. But uh, I think the... The reminder of the coronavirus being ever-present came to me yesterday in the form of a the lockdown of my seminary. So um, I go to the Methodist Theological School in Ohio. Um, I'm studying for a master's in practical theology and a master's in social justice. And I'm supposed to graduate in May. I'm supposed to, you know, walk and get my master's degree. Uh, but we got a, uh, an email yesterday that says, while the situation on our campus remains stable, we exist in a state that is now facing unprecedented struggles. On Saturday, Ohio had 2,234 reported new cases of COVID-19, our highest total yet. The average number of cases per day has risen by 60% over the past two weeks. When I announced in announced Campus Extend, which is a hybrid program where some people are in person, a limited number in person, and then um, everyone else is online. Anyway, this is coming from the president. I pledged that we would continue to be guided by our institutional commitments and the best, pu best public health information available. In light of discouraging national and statewide data we're now seeing, MTSO will pivot to fully online education for the remainder of the semester, effective immediately. So that kind of just reminded me of where we're at with the pandemic and man, I got some things to say about how we're handling this. Um, but today we're, we're going to talk about a few things that are like, you know, going on that are kind of affecting our COVID brains. Um, yeah, because I think it's important and we kind of want to have a little check in <laughs> at yeah. the end of where we're at. And, and I, I think it's important for us to recognize that this pandemic is really starting to impact how our local institutions function. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just for anybody who's not also aware, I am an alum of the Methodist Theological School in Ohio. 
Um, and this is where I get to be like the, the old guy and I can be like, back in my day, we had to walk uphill both ways to get to seminary and write the Bible ourselves. And not, not really, but like, you know, in, in the institutional memory that I have of, of our shared, uh, seminary, um, I can remember very few times when the operations of the theological school were so, clearly and and unavoidably impacted mm-hmm. by current events i mean we we went through at that seminary uh, you know massive snow emergencies a derecho hurricane ike when it came up and wrecked havoc for you know a week and we had like the best barbecues because everybody's freezers were out and we're like well we're just gonna grill everything that we have <laughs> right um and to see an institution that is built around community and built around communal learning just be forced into making some of these decisions, it's it's very sad. But I'm also really proud of uh, yeah, yeah. the institution and no. really all of our institutions. And I've just started looking around um, as you were mentioning this uh, today. Um, you know, Hebrew Union College, Jewish Institute of Religion down in Cincinnati, they have been on top of this as well. Um, you know, seminaries throughout uh, the the uh, greater region, particularly those that are here in Ohio that we're affiliated with, they've all been impacted by this. Um, yeah. It's, it's here, folks. Like, yeah. we're... It's, I know, um, especially, so the part of this letter that I didn't read um, was at the beginning, we was talking about how our Campus Extend program has been going. Um, there have, they've been able to, I, I haven't um, been on campus, but um, they've been able to uh, maintain social distancing and um, have not had any cases uh, from students on campus, which is great. Um, and yet, <laughs> Like, they want to be so on top of it. They don't want to put their students at risk. Um, and so everything is going to be online. And um, I'm very sad about it. But, um, like, I remember back when everything first started, I was in um, a class with the dean, uh, Dean Bridgman, uh, who is fantastic. And I really enjoyed every minute of being in class with her. But, um I think one thing that I was afraid of when the pandemic first started is there's this kind of connection between religion and, like, this thought of, like, oh, um, you know, whatever happens, happens. It's, like, out of our control. God will handle it, whatever it is. Um, and so I was kind of afraid of that kind of, um, you know, we just have to deal with it vibe. Uh, but what I got from MTSO is, like, an understanding that because we're human, we need to take care of ourselves, and that, like, depression is a very real thing that's happening from this, and um, there is a lot of, you know, disconnect and stuff like that, and so there was a lot of putting our needs as a community above, you know, the institution. Uh, Having people in person is probably way more profitable, Um, and and yet they would rather have their their students be safe than then uh not <laughs> and those and those elements of the the christian tradition that were really rooted in um social gospel you know the the methodist presbyterian um you know many of the congregationalist uh, groups 
there's a reason that they are the groups that we see represented along with uh, Jewish clergy in the early clergy consultative service um, around abortion, you know, the precursor to what, you know, eventually became the Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. Same reasons you're mentioning, like, yes, we recognize that uh, we have theological beliefs about who holds the future, and uh, we also hold uh, that we are responsible for caring for ourselves and others. Uh, and, and I think it's it's fascinating that the entire globe has been put into a position of thinking about the health of others in the midst of a time when thinking about other people's health, at least in the state of Ohio, has mainly focused on regulating and prohibiting people from accessing care. You know, working in repro uh, and, and working along with people who are trying to access reproductive health care, it's like, you know, if you don't even feel safe enough to go to a seminary class right now? How do you think people feel when they're trying to access reproductive health care? Get birth control, get their exams, get an abortion if they they choose that. You know, what do you think those folk are having to, to go through right now because of this pandemic? Um, and boy. Um, that, that reminds me of just like, because of the pandemic, um, something I posted on Facebook about uh, the the email that I got from my school about uh, ending classes. And so I said, Dear DeWine, my seminary just closed their hybrid flex program because the number of new cases in Ohio has been rising by 60%. And yet I just went to Walmart to get sour cream and lettuce and saw like 20% of people wearing a mask incorrectly or not at all. Your mandate does not seem to be working. When are you going to lock us down again? I want to be able to graduate. And it's just... Uh, it, it just reminds me of how, like, I'm supposed to have a doctor's appointment tomorrow and I'm sitting here, like, considering whether or not I'm going to cancel it because I'm afraid that people uh, around the doctor's office, at the doctor's office, whatever, um, may be negligent and wear their masks wrong or, like, I don't know where they've been and so I'm afraid of, like, I don't want to be, bring corona back to my home. Um, and, it, and it's really because, like, there is no consequences to to not wearing a mask and which, it's just hard it's just hard which i i just have to lift up like we hear all this stuff i i watch the governor's uh press conferences every day um i've missed four of them thank you for your good work I'm, your good work I, so people I, like me do not have to watch I, it i do what i can um I've, I've watched every day except for four days since the 9th of march and i started off doing that because i have a couple people in my congregation who don't have access to good internet they can get facebook and text updates but they cannot get any kind of like you know, streaming or, you know, even radio where they are down in the hills. So I started, you know, early on in the pandemic, just transcribing things into written form. And it took off and had a life of its own because people basically told me, I like to be able to read it instead of listening to it because it causes me less anxiety. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at transcribing. So I've kept that up. And what I keep hearing again and again and again in these press conferences with the governor, because I, I consider myself like, I, I don't, I, if I don't have a PhD, I at least have a master's in DeWineology at this point. And what I have found out about our governor is that he holds a couple of completely 
diametrically opposed viewpoints uh, around you know how to affect change. On one hand, he keeps telling us with coronavirus, there's only so much a governor can do. I can't really mandate things because mandates don't work and penalties don't work. We don't want to lock people up for this kind of behavior. We just want them to make different choices. But of course, on the other hand, we've seen this man sign again and again and again restrictive measures about abortion that take the exact opposite standpoint. Like, we're going to make it harder to get. We're going to make the penalties worse. We're even going to entertain now, you know, the the procedure uh, of instituting a new classification of felony uh, to punish people who seek abortion. So, like, on one hand, like, oh, well, we we can't do anything, and it's just too much, and, you know, more penalties aren't going to help. And on the other hand, we're just going to throw the book at pregnant people. So I get I get real tired when I, I hear this stuff out of politicians because, God love them, they're all politicians, and their number one goal is to maintain power, and their second goal is to keep getting elected. Um, but I'm with you. we we got to have some kind of regulatory expectation, you know, what are we going to do to get this under control? Because just sitting and hoping ain't going to do it. Mm-hmm. Just like, like sitting and hoping for, uh, you know, better policy for infant mortality in the state of Ohio ain't going to do it. And uh-huh. sitting and hoping for better minority health outcomes ain't going to do it. Uh-huh. We, we we really got to get down to brass tacks and do something. And uh-huh. it's going to take more than sitting around handing out, you know, Fran DeWine's uh, sidewalk talk recipe to make that happen, you know. She made a recipe for a sidewalk. And and they hawked it on the news several times, broadcast yeah, yeah. it several times. If you're ever interested in making sidewalk chalk with, I think it's cornstarch and flour or whatever. But like, wow. you know, while other things that sit out there are more important, we've got well, that and her Play-Doh recipe. So, and, oh, like, mm-hmm. due to pure negligence, we're mm-hmm. learning how to do sidewalk chalk. But that's that's fine. Um, That's on brand for Ohio, though. Like, yeah. uh, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, like, I don't think that, you know, this this thing about, you know, we can't just make a mandate because people won't follow it. Like, the, the problem is you, you can't make a mandate and not have any consequences for it. Right. Like, and it doesn't have to be, like, I mean, there's it's already a precedent for it. Um, just think about, like, snow emergencies. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you get a level one, that means, like, oh, you probably shouldn't be out there. Level two, really, like, only in cases that you absolutely need to leave. And then level three, if you if you go out, like, you're going to get stopped. You're going to get taken, right. taken to what you said. If we pick jail. you up, if we pick you up and you're, you're out on a level three snow emergency... The state of Ohio has the right to take you into jail. They can hold you in jail. They can charge you. And the whole reason behind that is that if you are out in a level three snow emergency, that means you are out in in conditions that your local sheriff has determined to be dangerous to public health. You're in a position where you knew you should not be out. And you went out anyway. And if you didn't go out with a good reason, that means you put people in danger because you're going to use up resources that could be necessary for preserving health, life, and safety for other people. Huh. I wow. feel like it's a pretty Sounds good familiar. analogy. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, like... I mean, especially now when, like, I I mean, I have, 
I stopped watching the updates back in the spring because I've relied on yours. And also, um, I've just assumed that if something bad happened, somebody would tell me. Uh, so I do not need to increase my anxiety by watching those updates. But, I mean, like, especially I, I remember in the beginning, though, they were saying, they were talking about all the limits in PPE and how limited space there were in hospitals and how they were worried about, like, the, uh, the spike getting too high. And yet, <laughs> we can't, we can't institute a mandate similar to a level three snow emergency. I don't I'm, understand. I'm just, just saying. It's just crazy to me. Uh, like I said in my little post, I literally went to Walmart yesterday, um, and I, I try not to go to Walmart too much, um, but I went there yesterday because um, I had to return something that I had purchased, and um, I also was getting lettuce and sour cream, like I said, um, and it's like 20% of the people aren't wearing masks at all. Like, I, I don't know how they got in. I don't know why nobody stopped them. They have the gates at the front of Walmart, but, like, apparently they're not doing anything. And then, like, another 5% are, like, wearing it down over their nose and stuff. And I was like, what is the point of a mask mandate if nothing is happening? So I really, I really think that there just needs to be more regulation around this there needs to be more consequences well, for your actions because yeah. apparently the the idea of infecting your fellow americans or fellow ohioans yeah. um, is not enough and and fun story you know you you mentioned uh, hospital resources right yeah so just taking a look um covidactnow.org is a great data aggregator i love it love it love it and I just pulled up just to, to take a look what states and local counties look like in terms of ICU headroom, right? Like that's how much space we have taken up in our ICUs per county. And they list every county in the nation, right? Really, really good data. Um, they update almost instantaneously daily. I mean, it, it takes them about an hour to get things, you know, out of state reports. But really good aggregator. Right now, my county, Ross County, is at about 50% headroom. So, like, half of our ICU um, bed space in Ross County is used. Uh, Delaware County, where your seminary is, has 83% of their ICU space used today. 83%, mm. right? The only county that's higher is Mercer County, very, very small county um, up northern Ohio, at 85%. We're starting to see, you know, use of medical resources become a huge issue and a huge question. And we've been harping about this as reproductive health advocates in the state of Ohio for years, right? That we do not have local community access to just basic health and wellness opportunities. Um, that has negatively impacted repro health for years and years and years, and now it's starting to negatively impact everybody's health because we have a crisis. Um, and I, I think what's so important for, for us to remember in this time is that repro health and quote unquote regular health i don't even know i don't even know how you make that distinction but people do right like repro health and everything else health is still healthcare like it's all the same basket 
what negatively impacts one will negatively impact all. And right now we're seeing negative impacts all across the board because of healthcare mismanagement in this state. And long term, everything that negatively impacts COVID um, survivability, COVID health outcomes, all of that stuff negatively impacts repro health outcomes too. Mm -hmm. Lack of access to hospitals, lack of access to qualified doctors, lack of access to PPE, lack of insurance coverage, right? Because there are people who aren't going into the hospital because they don't know that the governor has set aside a bunch of money that makes their testing either free or reduced cost. And they don't know that they could get out of the hospital without a huge bill. So there are people that just aren't seeking help at all. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true across the board for, you know, issues far and wide. Mm-hmm. So I I think a big part of this is for us to remember, hey, negative health outcomes are not a new thing in Ohio. We're just feeling the brunt of a long-term mismanagement and, and a long-term... Um, lack of investment in health infrastructure. I think that's that's what uh, Dr. Amy Acton used to tell us before we got rid of her, right? You remember? Oh, I miss her. I miss um, her too. But, you know, like, on top of, like, add that, on or on top of everything else, add on the fact that, like, this is a very important election year um, and that, like, everyone needs to be going out there and voting um, and sharing um their voice and you know being a citizen in our democracy and then like i don't know i've been avoiding voting in person because i don't know if people are gonna wear their masks there i don't know like if people are taking it seriously i don't know if people are gonna wear their masks correctly and now i've gotten to the point where it's today is october 19th this will come out on the 23rd but today's the 19th and I requested my absentee ballot back in August, and I still have not received one. So I'm going to have to vote probably Kelly. in person if I don't get it by this week. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I, we talked about this, and yeah. this was what you were afraid of. Oh, yeah, no, I, no, I no. I made a request to change my address weeks before um, the absentee ballot started getting mailed out. Um, I have called the BOE. They told me they would call me back if anything was wrong. They didn't call me back. And then now, uh, it's like every time I... I've sent in three absentee ballot applications, and every time I send one, I get another one back. So they just keep now, asking me to apply. Now, you're you're in Franklin County, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, so you're you're in the county that had the, the what, the optical scanner error that caused about, what, 50,000 ballots to be misprinted and, and sent out to the wrong people? Oh, glory. Like that combined with the fact. And so like, let's also lift up here, folks. Like you need to go vote, go vote as early as you can. Try to get like today when you hear this, get your vote in. Um, Just FYI, I went on the very first day because I'm privileged to live in a a rather small county, right? I mean, we got about 77,000 people in Ross County, but I live like you know, three blocks away from the place where you got to go vote. So I went and voted the day of, still had to stand in a line, still had to wait. But you know what? I I, I got it done and in. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the struggles for me is looking at my county of 77,000 people. We have one early vote location. 
and we have one Dropbox. And then I look at Franklin County, right? We have, in Ross County, 77,000 people. Franklin County has 1.3 million people. And you all still have one early vote location and one Dropbox. Now, I'm just saying... Uh, you know, my, my grandmother, who uh, was a, was a God-fearing church woman her whole life, used to look around and she'd say, even Jesus can't believe that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even Jesus can't believe that, right? You, mm-hmm. you got 1.3 million people, and you, now I understand that the early vote location has like, what, 50 or 60 machines, right? You, mm-hmm. You're spread out in a warehouse, like, a lot of space. But still, I don't care how many machines you put in one place the idea that 1.3 million people don't have more than one place that they can vote that's a problem but regardless people have lots of opportunities to vote you have opportunities to vote before election day if you absolutely cannot get to uh, uh you know any of these uh, other avenues you can go vote on election day on election day by the way i will be taking time off and serving as a poll worker because all of our older folk down here aren't able to serve because they're worried about catching COVID. I'm worried about catching COVID too, but I'm more worried about what happens if we don't have an election. So I'm going to be working the election, right? I I just, I hear though your story and I keep thinking this cannot be unique, right? Like you, you definitely are having the same experience that many other people in your community are having right now. Um, and your plan is ultimately, if push comes to shove, you're going to spend hours waiting in a line to yep. vote. If I, if it doesn't come wow. in this week, I am going to go and wait and vote on Friday or something. So, wow. um, yeah. So, like, on top of all of the, the other things that um, are going on in, in repro, in COVID, in... <laughs> all of that <laughs> adding on top of that that uh you know it's still an election year and we still have this very important election i just don't i don't think that ohio especially is really representing um what community care looks like you know like i don't i think like this this guise of uh having like a mask mandate as community care is like not actually community care and like you said having only one polling page for 1.2 million people like that's not caring for your community because if you care for your community you would have more than one polling location you would have more than one drop box so people could actually uh use their right and go vote um and yeah it's just so it's so hard and especially i mean we've seen for forever that like ohio is not practicing community care in the space of repro, I don't even think that needs to be said because if if Ohio cared about uh, reproductive rights and justice, then we would not need to have this podcast for one. Let's talk and, about that. Mm-hmm. And we would have a much better infant mortality rate. We would have access to abortion for anyone who needs it, access to reproductive health care for anyone who needs it. Um, things would be a lot better if Ohio just cared for its people. Um, but, um, well, and, and, and I think I'm, I'm just gonna push in a little on that because I think 
I, I agree with everything you've said, and I think I would say things would be better if the people in authority yeah. cared more about Ohio's people. Because yeah. the fact is, we've got a lot of people caring for each other, That's but true. they're not That's the people true. making the decisions, you the know? People, the people yeah. who, are, who are making the decisions and representing Ohio are not caring for its people. That's right. They're not practicing good community care. And I think, like I said at the beginning, if we need anything right now, we need self-care and we need community care. And it's just ho- so hard to be living in this year, the, the year of 2020, where all of these things have happened, um, and have it be clear that our representatives are not practicing community care. See, and, and I think I think the whole 2020 thing, like... We we all like to say, oh, 2020, it's been a decade. Oh, 2020 is it 20? No, it's not. I think 2020 is the year when we all woke up and realized that we didn't like the timeline we were living in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have heard dear dear friends uh, with two organizations, uh, Root, restoring our own uh, through transformation, and birthing beautiful communities. You know, two. Uh, reproductive justice organizations. I've heard friends through both those organizations multiple times over this pandemic remind us, like, we've been talking about this for decades. Like, mm-hmm. black women and indigenous women and, you know, non-binary folk have been talking about this issue for decades around we are not seeing the will of the people represented in the decisions made by those in authority. And now I, I think we're at a place where all of those those marvelous, marvelous folk who have been working for decades to get community care to be the center of our ethic, they are starting to be listened to in a way that people people like, you know, me at least, I, I'm turning around going, wow, I have a lot of work to do. You know, as a as a white Appalachian who frankly for many years uh was totally ignorant to the needs and the voices of those who have been crying out um i got work to do you know these folk these folk are not voiceless they've had a voice um you know they've just not been listened to right i I was real privileged to to join with new mexico rcrc uh they had a fantastic uh, gathering. They called it a convening uh, here this last week. Uh, it was an all-day gathering to talk about white Christian nationalism and the religious right. And they crammed a lot of stuff into this work. Everything from talking about the, the distinct link between uh, white supremacy and anti-Semitism um, to talking through what Native women's empowerment looks like in New Mexico. They had some fantastic speakers, uh, Marian Naraño and Rachel Lorenzo from Indigenous Women Rising and Honor Our Pueblo Existence. They were just fantastic, fantastic, fantastic people. We'll put the links um, up with this podcast for, for New Mexico RCRC, nmrcrc.org. Um but they're doing this amazing work within native communities. And it was so close to Indigenous Peoples Day, right? Like I, I just, I had all the feels. Because these, these communities are caring for their own when governmental systems are just 
failing them and have been failing them for decades. Um, and it's those communities right now that are surviving and even thriving in the midst of the pandemic because they have built systems of community care and, and community assessment that help them move through it. Um, so I'm, I'm looking for all those hopeful moments of like, yeah. let us look to the people who know how to survive and to thrive in this struggle because they should be the ones leading when we are not in a pandemic. They should be yeah. the ones leading all the time. We should not have to get in a pandemic to look to this strong leadership because it's been there all along, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's just there, there are these people who they've been new that this mm-hmm. is going to happen. They've been new what these problems were. <laughs> and we uh, collectively have not been listening to them and giving them mm. um, the space to lead where they are obviously well qualified and well um, equipped to be leading us in a future that is much better than the one we currently have. Um, mm. So, uh <laughs> I don't know about any of you who are listening, but uh, all of this talk about like all, all the negative things that are going on in the world, and um, yeah, <laughs> uh, it gives me a lot of anxiety and it gives me a lot of stress. So uh, before we tune off today, uh, I know that some of our goals as um, an organization, especially after the election and leading up to the election, is going to be just caring for. Um, our own selves, our souls, and <laughs> our souls, hey, um, hey. Anyway, and for the community, because um, even if the representatives of Ohio are not uh, caring for community, uh, we are going to do our darndest to care for our community. So I wanted to share with you a um, a meditation ma- mantra thing that I kind of repeat to myself. Um, when I am feeling anxious or when I am um, just needing to have some some time away from it all. So I'll just share that with you and then we can, you know, close this off. So usually when I do this, it's, it's a loving kindness meditation and I've actually shared this on our Facebook Lives, which we, um, starting this next week are going to be doing every other week um, on our Facebook, uh, Ohio RCRC on Facebook. Um, anyway, I it, there's this loving kindness um, meditation that um, I've done before and it really helps me a lot. And so when you do this, uh, just try to be in a place of calm and quiet. And just focus on your breathing. Breathe in peace and love. And breathe out the stress and anxiety that you might be holding on to. Breathe in relaxation. Breathe out the tension that you may be holding in your muscles and jaw. Breathe in 
And as I do this exercise, um, I like to repeat this to myself. And you, you can do it out loud or you can do it in your head, um, whatever feels good for you. Uh, but it's, may I be safe? May I be peaceful? May I be kind to myself? May I accept myself as I am? So uh, for this season, I'm, I'm trying to go forward with the intention of being safe, peaceful, kind, and accepting to myself. And so sometimes I'll, I'll say it in the affirmative. So I will be safe. I will be peaceful. I will be kind to myself and I will accept myself as I am. And then, you know, I just try to take a few more breaths, breathing in gratitude and loving kindness and breathing out self-doubt. And then, uh, Try to return to my day after that. Mm. You know, continuing my... to drink water and make sure that I'm feeding myself and taking time away from my screen. So um, I hope that's helpful to anyone who may be listening. Um, and you can modify, like, I think the great thing about meditation is you can modify it in any way that, like, works best for you. And so... Uh, some things that I've been adding to this mantra is like, I will have confidence even in the midst of chaos because I'm really wanting to kind of uh, remind myself that I can be confident regardless of what happens in the world. Um, so I would definitely encourage you to, to take up a practice of meditation and self-care, whatever that may look like for you, because um, it's crazy out there. <laughs> So, mm -hmm. um, I will share the, the, um, if I can find the link to the original, um, meditation, um, the loving kindness meditation, um, I'll put that in the description. If not, I will just put the words that I just shared with you. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> thank you, Kelly. I, yeah. My blood pressure is down at least 10 points <laughs> after that meditation. And yeah, I as we go through the next couple of weeks, uh, may you all, may you all care for yourself deeply in this time. And feel free, if you have any questions about voting, head on over to ohiorcrc.org slash vote. That's OhioRCRC slash V-O-T-E. Take a look at all of the voter toolkit information that you might need to calmly, serenely, and joyfully cast your ballot. Mm -hmm. We hope that everything goes well in your world until next time yeah. when we can bear wanna, our soul together. And I just want to encourage you, especially if you're a leader um, of whatever size, 
know that caring for yourself is caring for your community as well. Mm -hmm. And so definitely be caring for yourself. It's going to be a rough couple weeks. Um, I know our next podcast is going to be kind of a a double hitter because it's going to be election stuff. So um, we're going to get a before (laughs) the election podcast and and after the election podcast, and we're going to put that all into one episode. So um, I know that these next few weeks especially are going to be really, really stressful. So make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Um, drink some water. Make sure to take your medicine. That's very important. Um, and, yeah. So and after- chocolate is holy, just yes. FYI. Yes. So, mm. <laughs> so um... So if you want to check out any of our other podcasts, uh, go to ohiorcrc.org slash podcast. It's ohiorcrc.org slash podcast, one podcast. Um, and you can see our other episodes there and any other information about our podcast. So um, I hope you guys have a great day. Take care of yourself and go out and vote. <laughs>